welcome to the after party number two. Two. Duos. Two. Sardos. 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 <laughs> yeah, welcome to the after party Sardos. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I think we we dub stepped into it, but uh Yeah, we can we can skip that probably this time. Okay. <laughs> I, I was gonna suggest That's that, fine. but uh, I'll have to cut that on Alina's uh, mic there. (laughs) (laughs) So today we'll kind of be talking about session four, five, and six. Six. Yeah. Right. And I I think these three I liked better than the first three. Yeah, I think so. And I think I'm biased, but because now I can finally talk about some like behind the scenes stuff that doesn't spoil things yes. for you or right. the listener now. And uh, I'm kind of excited. Okay. So it, it picks up right after uh, Sardos has been brutally murdered in the street, right? Mm, a little and then after. We go back to the, we go back to the uh, tavern and yeah. we invite our good friend Chucky to sit in and listen to our conversation <laughs> about talking about murdering. Because nobody <laughs> so. had any suspicions about who Chucky's alter ego could be. And, in my defense, he is a humpback, right? And he and no body so, shaming. No, <laughs> it's an observation. But Gozer does know best, man. She's got really yeah. good instincts. Yeah. Kinda... Don't you forget it. I like to think that it's pretty obvious. Like I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure all the listeners out there are probably like, man, it's, it's Chucky. Chucky's like, huh. That's what killed him, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Even threw in the Canadian A. He's like, eh? And, and Shaft's like, yeah, yeah, let me pocket yeah, Charter, this. And uh, yeah. Let Chucky me didn't come over and go, how can I get you a drink? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Citizen. Yeah. But no, I was like, I was listening back. And I'm like, you know what? I, I wasn't really planning on it to be like this big mystery thing. But it, I suppose it kind of turned into that. Um, unintentionally because we let him go well kind of had i wanted it to be more of an investigation i guess um i would have i could have i should have thrown in like more npcs that were interacting a lot more with you you know like chucky was kind of really the only person you interacted with well really if dr good if that was if that was you Trying to make it obvious, I'd hate to see. Doctor Good still has something shady going on. Because I had no clue. Yeah, I agree you, with you. You throw it out there, Liam. We'll make it a mystery. <laughs> I agree that something's going on with Doctor Good. Leave it to us. I don't know what. I don't. But she's just pining for a little bit of shaft. What she's on. <laughs> Apart from no, that, obviously. No, that's not what's going on. Uh, I I can't believe anything else could be going on. But yeah. I, I, it was it was a lot more obvious listening back, um, but I had no clue. The it whole was time. really, it was really funny that like I ended up accidentally saying I killed him in front of Chucky at the table. Yeah, and, like, that's <laughs> and I was like, no, he wasn't there. I did, no, it didn't. And then you guys are like, yeah, he was. He already <laughs> knew. He had an arrow sticking out of him from episode one. That's cool, but I didn't know that. He did. Uh, yes. Yeah. At that point, he was basically like confirming his suspicions. Um, but he was pretty set. I mean, shit, you confessed to the undercover police officer, so. <laughs> yeah, what are the odds that that happens? That was too funny. I mean, that's what we're saying. The odds were pretty good. There was only one NPC we were interacting yeah. with. 
There was an old elf at the bar. There was like a few bets about me hitting uh, him or whatever. Could have been Jalela. Like, Jalela eh. could have been the arcanist. I I kind of assumed that we we hadn't run into whoever the arcanist you know is when he's in his street clothes. That was what I was thinking all the time. Like, when are we gonna run into this person? You know, who's masquerading around? Like, where are we gonna find him? But no, it, it was Chucky the whole time. Hmm. You know what just kind of occurred to me is possibly for the listener listening back, like they could, like Braun, who did not get thinking. hurt, yeah, could have been an unintentional like red herring ish maybe. Yeah, I don't know if like any of those three people with interactions like you know had become maybe suspects of who could who could be the Arcanist maybe. We're, once again, we're building your mystery for you by accidents. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that that one was on me. Him not getting injured. <laughs> <laughs> then why'd you see the doctor? Yeah, that was, that was just. Uh... Oh, that's so funny. I... Is Doctor Good shady? That's why I'm telling you. Yeah, man. You don't know that. She's the yes. town's drug dealer. Or she something. likes Shaft. So Leland's she's like shady. Leland's like, oh man, what? I gotta I gotta think up more backstory for Doctor Good since they think she's shady. <laughs> Well, she's also in a Fawzi. This is true. Yeah. I'm aware of that now, thanks to listening back. <laughs> Speaking of yeah. Fawzi. Falzerin's still in the dark, though. Like, Bill is aware of this, but Falzerin is still completely oblivious to the fact that he was hit on for, you know, however long that lasted. Speaking of Fawzi, remember the time that you used a bunch of magical items and you didn't know what they were? <laughs> <sighs> and they blew up on you. <sighs> yes. All right. So, Bill, I I know you have some gripes. So let's start with the well. Gripes. <laughs> <laughs> I think gripes would be putting it lightly, Leland. <laughs> you give me these sweet magical items. These sweet bucklers. And take them. Aw- that he's been wanting the entire time. Yeah. I didn't give you a goddamn thing. You stole those sweet items. Well, I mean, you stole them from a thief. But let's call them what they them. are. He stole the bucklers. Yes, the bucklers. Let's call them what they are. <laughs> Not to be confused with gauntlets. <laughs> uh, I'm still saying that into like episode six, I think. But yeah, just like literally. Um, so what's the gripe? Well, okay. So at the time, I had no clue why these items were malfunctioning and blowing up on me. And I guess did you ever tell me that there were charges on because i know i cast identify on the amulet like the diamond yes, so i did um when you did that i should have given you i should have told you that the amulet had one charge left on it i should have okay. said that um and i also <laughs> went in and edited in a little uh, extra line as well I, in the description for i wasn't going to call you out on that when you had but... identified it no that's fine because you had <laughs> me go in and edit you in changing a word that you fucked up so I what the hell is this? I didn't know we could add shit. That I don't know what you're afterwards. talking about. As far as I'm concerned, Bill, you and I are even. So. <laughs> oh, I got all kinds of shaft one-liners we can put back in now. Um, no one will ever know what the word was. And I we'll feel leave it that like way. you told me what it was, and I can't remember. <laughs> I used it completely. A word Started that sounds similar to the word that I meant to use, but it is not at all the right word. It starts with an I. Let's just move on. I we were talking about on. the magical items. So, okay. So, the Arcan- these Arcanist items, obviously, like, I homebrewed them up, right? And they sure. have uh, a bit of a history that you, actually you guys haven't even completely uncovered yet, which your characters and even you as players are still unaware of. So, 
yes, when you identified, I should have told you it had one charge left. So that was my bad. And also, had I told you, like, you know, part of the identify, like, the you, you kind of understand the spells used to, like, imbue the magic within them kind of thing. Right. And um, the little part I added, which I didn't tell you, of course, so it had no impact on your choices to use them, was that they seemed as if, like, the, the process was was like tainted or, or kind of like impure almost kind of thing right yeah i forget exactly what the wording was but like sort of um gave a hint that you know they're a little uns- unstable or, right. or something right. like that so yeah we, we haven't really talked about this and i i think it's it's i think it'd be beneficial for me and for listeners to kind of understand why they blew up because i had no clue what was going on at the time um and i'm i'm assuming it's because they ran out of charges is that right Yes, yes, that is it. Okay. That's right. So you tried to use them when they had no charges left to expend. And so what I was doing, you were rolling a percentile dive. You got above 50%. They just they just malfunctioned with they no would just penalty. Fizzle Below and 50 happened. and they yeah. they exploded. Okay. So yes, I should have told you the charges. I mean, that could have changed how you were using that. Well, so that's kind of that's kind of my bad. But I think it made for good radio. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> And and in fa- all fairness, um, all I would have known is that is the number of charges on the amulet. I never bothered right. to identify the um, the gauntlet. Buck- yeah, you, bucklers, you had, gauntlets. Yes, the quote unquote. <laughs> that actually brought me to uh, I think I hope the only mistake that I noticed. Um, so you, we actually tallied up your damage that you inflicted on, on yourself incorrectly. You had you had been left with one hit point, so you took instead of when when you're uh, i think it was the the left one that no the right one yeah that blew up, the left one, one blew was. up left one that blew yeah. up when that one blew up you took five fire damage but then we got into a conversation and got distracted and then it ended up only being four and then when uh, the amulet blew up you took nine radiant damage oh you were so down. that left you at one hit point oh. so you actually should have been unconscious at the beginning of session six Oof. and that, like you would yeah you you should have blew, blew yourself unconscious in session five but uh, I noticed that recording back. Can you imagine back. if you guys hadn't have had the big beefy magical Falzern to defeat? Well, again, yeah, we you were the one with the magic that could beat the gargoyles, but you weren't <laughs> helping us. <laughs> we would have been fine. No problem. Uh, I don't know. I love Leland's <laughs> comment at the end. The one person who could do the most damage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I just love that. Uh, and honestly, when I created those magic items and their effects, like... I didn't create them in conjunction with you guys fighting a gargoyle that happens to be immune to poison, <laughs> which is actually the, the type of damage that your one working gauntlet. And uh, and actually, uh, um, just pretend it, you did. Interestingly, like that was kind of that was what was going through my head was thinking that okay, well, Leland's thrown this gargoyle at us, and the rest of my party's not able to do much against it as far as damage goes. And Leland has given me these magical items. So the magical items must be what are going to kill this gargoyle. <laughs> so I was oh, bent and determined funny. to use these magical items. But, you know, now in hindsight, that wasn't really the case. But that was what I was thinking. No, I think, the, I think that totally played into your character. I mean, I think Fulgerin would for sure want to be playing around with those things. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. Yeah. And, you know, sure, you had, you had had a chance to identify the amulet. But... In the heat of the battle, I mean, you even contemplated identify, identifying the gauntlets, but like you guys, you were under attack. Like, yeah, that's so true. So I think the choices you made completely went in line with 
with the your character and the situation. You just had a little bit of the iffy information. <laughs> <laughs> we won't point any fingers. But I, I will. I would like to ask you one question. So I think it took you at least you got one malfunction shot off with with your with the the left gauntlet or whatever the right gauntlet, and it sparked and it did nothing. But you continued to use it. Yeah. So I you didn't... did not cease using both of them. You could have just used the one that had already spat something out and worked. Here's the thing. But Here's no, you thing. you continued to use the sparking like. Evidently malfunctioning gauntlet. That's the persistence of Baldrin. <laughs> and I think that's a good character flaw that you're going to continue to do yeah. it until it works right. <laughs> In every circumstance moving forward. That charges or no charges. Um, that that's a, a gr- highlights the fact that I had no idea what was going on. Right, and I thought yeah. that it was all dependent on me rolling these percentile die. I'm like, why am I rolling these percentile die? Okay, I guess I just need to roll a high enough percentile, okay. and these gauntlets okay. will work. Uh, okay, that that makes that so makes sense a gamble to me. Well, yes, <laughs> we're so brand new to all this. Like yes, you can tell. I know. So, so that's another thing that I I screwed up is I took for granted, like the innate knowledge in general of magical items and the way they function that John, Emily, and I would have. Whereas, so so normally, if you use an item that is out of charges, like it just doesn't function. There isn't normally a, you know it's not going to explode because you try to use a magic wand that's out of out of right. your magic missile charges okay. right it's just it's just inert it's just useless until it recharges or you or you do or it's complete right so i took that information that of course i have uh and that maybe a, a more seasoned player would have for way for granted and didn't properly express that to both you and elena bill but so again that one was kind of on me but but it made for great audio yeah. yeah, and and I think it was kind of, you know, it was kind of interesting what you did with it because, uh, you know, I think what you were going with is these aren't your average everyday magical items. They've been made by some sort of weird and you know maybe somewhat nefarious. Who we don't know how they were made as of yet. Right. Yeah, that's why I thought they exploded because they weren't really constructed well. Right. Yeah. There's something you know a bit non-traditional and not by the book in their history. So. And also, uh, there was a kind of an offhanded remark that Chucky made of how how all he did was put them on and they just started doing stuff, how, how easy they were to use. Yes, I so noticed that. that's also something that kind of gleans into uh, their, their overall utility and possibly some of the reasons and why in, in which they were created in the first place kind of thing. Oh. So keep the, keep that in mind for a little future down the oh. road. Oh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. They were made for dummies, gauntlets for dummies. They're gauntlets for dummies, <laughs> bucklers for dummies. <laughs> Step one: yeah. identifying if you actually have a buckler. <laughs> the title of the book says "Gauntlets for Dummies" and it's crossed out and says buckle, "bucklers." Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was like, I was almost like two full sessions of that gargoyle fight, wasn't it? That was at least like. A full session. He of started saying gauntlets. He started saying gauntlets in episode six at some point, and I was listening back today, and I was like, "Hey, honey, you said gauntlets. Yeah. Good job." Pat on the back. Yeah, I was afraid for my life with that gargoyle. He was. I was like, "Okay, I've got, I've got these magical items. They're the only thing that can beat him." And one just blew up, and now the other one's malfunctioning. I, like, I'm not sure the totally gargoyle screwed. would hit you actually. And no, I think it he didn't. took a lot of damage. 
Gargoyle didn't didn't do a damn thing he to took Voldemort. His yeah. It was strictly yeah. falls or in self harming. <laughs> I just remember when I missed, I blamed it on the fact that I was shooting through brush, and I was like, "Leland, can I shoot through brush?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> right. Fail again. I know. Hey, wait! Hey, I didn't screw that one up the- though. Critical fail, that's not going to be the last you see of that from Bryn, that's for sure. <laughs> There's an episode coming up, I don't remember. Anyway, we can't, we can't say anyway. A ways down the road, but, but that I was a brutal literally succeed at nothing. For everybody, for everybody, that one was brutal. Well, and actually, um, that 50% uh, explode or not explode, that was also kind of an on-the-fly decision that I made as you were kind of basically using them. <laughs> so right. that's also why it wasn't quite as fleshed out as it should have been or played into... You know, this is this is the problem with recording, right? This just highlights all of the shit that I don't properly plan and then in <laughs> hindsight have to go in post-production <laughs> stuff so I look smarter. <laughs> you must do a lot of post-production stuff. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Wow, that got silent suddenly. Yeah. I, was, <laughs> I was trying to think of a zinger about Falzerin getting a word changed, and I mean, none of us are getting words changed. It's not fair. Well, in my defense... Can I get a role change? Falzerin is very learned. He's a book reader. Learned. He's studied for decades. Um, he, would, <laughs> he would not use the wrong word. Oh, so is the only reason I cared so much about Leland making sure that the right word was spliced in with a three-second clip of audio that I sent him. Flawlessly. Was because I didn't want the listeners to be offended that, hey, you know, I'm being sold that there's this this guy who studied <laughs> up and lived in libraries for decades and he's using the wrong word. <laughs> listeners would be offended. Nothing to do with Bill's pride at all. No. And I would be offended if any of you would suggest that. I, I've been offended multiple times and you've been using the right words. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, the splice in was good though. I didn't, I didn't hear it or notice it. At it all. was impressive, actually. So, I wish I could take credit for it, but that's all Leland. Bryn doesn't care if she messes up though. So um, I have to say that so far, I think Chucky is my favorite NBC. I just really yeah. like Chucky. Chucky's amazing. Yeah, I agree. But Chucky was actually I conceptualize uh, more of like a Mysterio character. Uh, if you're familiar with the Spider-Man villain, like a fake. Like a like a hack, right? Like all all of these magic trick, it's all like parlor tricks, and it's just like you know visuals, but with no real substance and no actually actual effect or anything. So that's kind of originally what I wanted the Arcanist to be it was like someone that was like setting things up so he could look like a hero, which is which is Mysterio, right? So like originally I had him like in cahoots with whomever or whatever is was making his armor set and he was originally supposed to be like Bryn in that cave you saw that pile of bodies right clearly the Mm -hmm. the source of where that flesh golem that you fought in session one uh, was created right so originally I was going to have Chucky abducting people from the good riddance inn and supplying whomever is whoever's cave that is with like bodies and parts that's dark we haven't went into the cave yet, right? Bryn, Bryn did, I have. yeah. And she reported to you what that there's a pile of bodies I reported in that I saw yeah. a pile of body parts. If, if John actually did his homework and listened back to all the sessions <laughs> yeah. in which I we were talking did. about. Like, I did, but uh, I think <laughs> you're skirting already? right on the edge of episode seven. <laughs> no, so no. what you're saying Bryn, is Bryn he created the monster to, okay. to defeat it himself and then therefore look like a hero. 
that's kind of originally what I wanted. But or like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, so that was, and then it didn't it didn't actually fit into the overall plot that I uh, am currently going with. So I kind of scratched that and just had him like, you know, actually wanting to be like a do gooder, which you guys promptly squashed with your under the boot of your or the heel of your boots. So <laughs> I like Chucky, and I I hate to to uh, to take him and manacles to uh to his next uh phase but um you know hey he's he's worth he's worth some cash to me so friendship only goes so far the powers that be there were on to chucky fairly quickly because he was only working in zexa for what a week or something before a couple we were weeks, sent out? I think. yeah i mean like uh carrier pigeon how, how quickly can news travel here in in this land of aspara leland what's going on is there a inside person in zexa that we don't know about maybe i don't know can neither <laughs> confirm nor deny maybe leland doesn't know yeah yeah now he needs to make one <laughs> <laughs> i like this well and, and i i do hope that that is something in the back of both uh well at this point possibly all of the whole party's mind but specifically Bryn and shaft like you know you're getting these jobs that you usually don't ask questions about but now you're kind of seeing kind of more of this spider web things that seemingly possibly could be connected or some reasons that seem more suspect than they hmm. possibly normally could maybe kind of thing. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I also, one last thing I want to say about continuity. I know last after party, I think I like was scared of having continuity errors. Somehow we've, we've held up so far, but one thing I, I really would love to uh, just to note to you guys Continuity-wise, when you were first fighting the Arcanist, mm-hmm. Shaft manacled him, and mm-hmm. he manacled the Gauntlet, com- literally completely by happenstance. Shaft, you manacled the Gauntlet that blew up and was out of charges, so the Arcanist did not get a chance to use it himself to put- possibly blow up himself. And that was wow. all part of your master plan, Leland. All part of the plan, baby. All part of the plan. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like the idea that we could we can create dots and connect them after the fact. <laughs> what are you What are you saying? I'm just saying. Leland would not do that. Sounds fun. <laughs> no, I, it's really interesting to look back and like I've re, I've enjoyed listening back to the episodes and you know noticing things that I totally did not notice uh, in the heat of the moment. I'm definitely noticing how good Emily and John are at acting like. Uh, thinking like and acting like their characters. Yes, it's yeah. been years in the making. Yeah, it was. I it's think really... we're getting there, but that w- it'll be what like episode twenty by the time we're getting there. <laughs> I'm sure it, it. You know, you get better with practice, obviously, like anything else, right? Yeah. And... Yeah. Well, it's really hard to not meta game and to to really separate yourself from what your character knows, and and yeah. not uh, allow your character to know that information. And that that actually leads into something that I had. I took some notes here when I was listening back and wanted to briefly chat about is metagaming. And, you know, this is the majority of my experience with D&D is our podcast. And I've listened to a handful of episodes from other podcasts that are, I think, um, not really. I haven't listened to any of the big ones. But there have been a couple of, there was a couple of occasions in episode four, five, six, where, you know, one person sees or hears something and then, you know, other 
members of the party kind of act on that knowledge or, or were tempted to act on that knowledge, but really shouldn't um, because right. they didn't see or hear that. And I wanted to ask you guys, is that, how do, how's that usually dealt with? Or is it a pretty um, hard and fast thing that, you know, the, the DMs will rein that in and say, no, you know, that's not okay. Or, or some people kind of more okay with it and they kind of, play a little bit more loosey-goosey how's that usually go in D and in your guys experience i i think a, a lot of different uh groups i mean i've only played with a few our group doesn't uh role play medically like as, crazy yeah and it annoys me really um because i i don't i want to play the character and be in that character's state of mind and if you don't know those things you're going to act differently we've been uh, getting better though we, we're trying right. But we typically call each other out on it. Well, you don't know that and, you know, that kind of thing. But it's it's sort of like, you know, being a lawyer and a lawyer comes up and says, you know, something. And then they go, strike that. It's not to be admissible <laughs> in court. But everybody already knows it. So no matter how, you can't undo it. That's a really good analogy. Actually. We have a bigger group, too. So it's, it's a lot more people that are talking and having opinions. And so when we try to decide what we're going to do, it's a lot less the character saying this is what I'm going to do and a lot more of three of us saying maybe we should do this and then the other one saying maybe we should do this yeah Yeah. this is the group that you guys usually play with yeah yeah but I typically try to look at it as what did Shaft hear and what did Shaft see right and if I see Elena shoot an arrow into the guy I'm thinking that she's trying to kill him even though I know as a player that that's not what's happening and that's why I took off and went at her in episode one. Right. right? And you just got to keep that in mind. What am I perceiving as that as, as going on? And when somebody says something, you know, it gives additional information. I just try to ignore it. Well, I know for one, like one of the episodes I listened to today, Bill starts saying, what does Bryn see? What does she observe? And I was like, how are you you asking this for me? Right. You know what I mean? It's hard. It's hard not to do. Yeah, that was, I think that was right at the beginning of what session five or whatever. And you were in the cave. You were in the cave. By it was something with the orc and the horse. I thought, but maybe not. Maybe it's the cave. Yeah, yeah I remember something. Oh yeah, there was yeah. a bit of kerfuffle. But I think to to Bill's uh, larger point, like in those episodes uh, specifically, we're just learning. Sure, but but in those episodes specifically, it was more like like all the perception checks that you guys were making on that gargoyle, right? So so to really to figure out like what was damaging and what wasn't like that that's kind of what you're referencing uh, it came up there right, right and, now right and it, it came up um i think what elena's saying or remembering is gozer went up and saw the dead orc on being dragged by the horse yeah yeah, yeah. and the, noticed the, the tattoo, tattoo um and then yeah and what's then with that tattoo Bryn wanted to wake yeah. me up and have me go investigate the tattoo because Gozer was scared yeah. of the tattoo. But, but but actually, if you listen back, Bryn had also went up to that body. I'd seen the so right, right, right. so yeah, she yeah. hadn't specifically rolled her own perception check. But that that's where I was going with with like as you're perceiving the gargoyle stuff. Like you you could potentially just be like, okay, when one character rolls a perception check, unless they specifically state that they want to keep something to themselves, it could possibly, you could play as if it's assumed that they are informing the rest of the party mm-hmm. of what they see kind of thing, right? I see. Which Emily did a good job. Emily was like, Oh yeah, yeah. it's I mean, resistant to normal damage. Yeah. And to, <laughs> right. to be honest, um, 
I think we've been kind of playing, or at least I've been, because I, you know, lack of knowing how to do otherwise, or assuming that that's the way I'm supposed to play. Um, that when one person does a perception check, check, and they learn some information, it's it's then falls on them to share it with the rest of the group. And I think that I kind of like that we're doing that because we've got a bit of a party where you know certain ones of us you can tell kind of have their own agendas. Um, yeah, like you might not want to share something right. with the rest of the group. Yeah, I, I, I kind of like that. This is an, an age-old problem, even playing around a table and not doing a podcast. The DM wants to speak into somebody's mind, right? You pass a mm-hmm. note or you send a text, and anytime anybody sees that, they know something's going on. That's, right. a, that's a difficult right. thing. But with a podcast, you got to be able to let the audience know what Balzarin is thinking. Yeah. And the rest of us have to be good enough to go, we don't we have to know hear what it. he's yeah. thinking. Exactly. And that that's part of, you know, it, developing the ability to role play and 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 realize that, okay, I heard what Gozer or Shaft saw or was told by the DM, but I'm going to pretend I don't know about it. Right. I, I'd say I probably go to the extreme in the other, other way to avoid seeming like I know it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'll almost go out of my way <laughs> just to con- do the con- opposite. Contrary and then just like, yeah, yeah. do the exact Right, opposite. right. Yeah. Just so it doesn't seem like I'm cheating, essentially. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, there's a, a few sessions in the future where, like, Gozer gets uh, a, a kind of a key bit of information, but, like, Gozer doesn't talk to anybody, so she just totally <laughs> keeps that to herself. I'm like, oh, fuck. Of course, Gozer was the one that ended up with it. <laughs> it's like, God damn it. If you wanted to give us a timestamp to where that key information is, what would it be, Leland? Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, no that's, reason. Yeah, that one's kind of way far in the future. Particular. But speaking of that half work, I really had no idea what you guys were going to do with it. Yeah. Me either. Like, Gozer, what was going through, like, Gozer's mind? I mean, clearly she was, like, alarmed at it. Well, yeah, because this this tribe that's not supposed to exist, it's supposed to be obliterated, essentially, is all of a sudden here again with this strange marking on his forehead, which strange markings are never good. So tattoo or whatever. Yeah, and it was dead. So something killed a half orc, first off, and then second off, it has this strange tattoo on his forehead that's just a whole bunch of not good. And uh, Gozer just wanted to, do, to get away from that. Tactical retreat. Is that something that Gozer knew? That the Gorlock tribe didn't exist or whatever? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah this so, is yeah. Another, another thing to talk about. Like history. Like I would think Shaft being where he came from and Gozer would have more information about orc tribes and a background history of orc tribes. But Falzerin... Uh, probably doesn't know anything about the right. tribes. Yeah, uh, never been there at all. So it would be almost a foreign type of thing to him. I actually asked um, Leland this. It must have been maybe we were just texting back and forth or something. But because I listened to the part of the world lore that goes over that sort of stuff, but you know, I like the rest of us, we didn't listen to each of our character backstories. But um, I had asked Leland, you know, how much would do I know about all these different orc tribes? And I think he said something to the same to what you're saying is that Falzerin is aware that there's some orcs but you know he's not going to know anywhere near as much as Shaft and Gozer about the different tribes and which ones are in decline or or control or sure yeah, I mean exactly. as far as Falzerin and Bryn really I mean 
you guys are you and the the uh, greater world of Aspara, like you know, outside of basically Drukal, which exists at the bottom of these the foot, like the bottom of the Vorgrag Mountains. Like, yeah, you, you're all aware that like the mountain, these mountains are inhabited by tribes of orcs, but you know, uh, one, the orcs don't get any further than Drukal, so the rest of like it's pretty rare to see them in the rest of Aspara, kind of. So yeah, why would you have any information of the 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 like three generation war, constant war that has been going on in the mountains? Who's <laughs> what the even tribe names are? I mean, some some of the some of the tribes in those mountains have been uh, like obliterated for longer than either Falzerin or Bryn or any of you have even been alive. So I would imagine most of the world. An orc is an orc is an orc. They wouldn't be able to tell the difference between any of them. Totally, totally. And of course, uh, Gozer is privy to all of those because that's part of that. It's this oral tradition handed down. So the you know the rest of the the, the individual tribes, like they know why they're fighting. They don't know what they're fighting. They like it's it's an ever waging conflict of these this this border skirmishes and and ground grabbing kind of thing. You know, like area control stuff yeah but though i mean again i like our falzer and i let you do that the check on on the the symbol i mean just because something weird is on an orc doesn't mean that something weird isn't something you might know sure yeah a dot that he'll create and then connect yeah yeah we're all basically from different places like heraculon heraculon which i just pronounced incorrectly and and also shaft will always pronounce incorrectly uh, we we really know nothing about it except it's a magical place out on an island somewhere, right? So yeah. any information we're going to get about that is going to be either stories we were told or things you tell us. Right. So I, I think that being in the, the storyline, you letting us know more about your character and us letting each other know about each other is a natural thing that should happen as we... When we have those downtimes, that's when we should have those conversations. Well, I, I mean, even just geographically, like, Falzern is literally on the other side of Aspara. I think we've had this conversation before. And Bryn, I mean, your life was confined to the, the Faelaren Forest. And Gozer's was confined to the mountains. And Shaft only has some, some uh, this greater working knowledge of Aspara just because of his day job. <laughs> like, basically, right? Like, Yeah. Yeah. I think I only really started taking jobs. Like, my first big job was Sardo. So Yeah. Pretty new to all that. Yeah, I haven't seen you around town. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think at a certain point... You didn't know episode, my name, so... Yeah. Well, at a certain <laughs> point in this episode, I think we both kind of figured out that Detmer's the connection, maybe. We don't know. Well, okay. That's something funny, because like at one point, Shaft is like like literally just uses Detmer by just name. Just says right. Detmer. Talking all yeah. about like, Detmer. Yeah. And, 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 you're, and you know, although... I, it, it easily came off as, you know, it's just Shaft being Shaft and, like, bluffing it with the name that he heard knows. It slipped and heard that's for sure, yeah. Sure. Um, so, like, listening to it, you think, oh, okay, well, Shaft is just, like, using this name that he knows and just applying it to this situation, not fully realizing the, the gravity of name dropping, right? But I think there was a point where I was like, I think we might have the same connection, and it was because he had let it slip, so. Exactly. I got the So that was something were... that I actually... That was something that I actually role played for once. No. 
What was Detmer always the name of this connection, or did or did Shaft just come up with it on the spot and then everyone? No, had dude, to go I came up with, with the name of this when we did backstories. Okay, I I wasn't sure about that. Anything that has a good name, I came up with. The listener should realize that. <laughs> oh, okay. The after party. Let's keep going. What else we got? Shall I pat you on the back now or later? I mean, now it's fine. Yeah, so I I wasn't. Com- <laughs> I wasn't completely sure who you who hired you to assassinate poor Sardos. Sardos. But I wanted to Sardos. find out. Shaft's going to just keep saying Sardos. It is. That's right. Both of them. So, yeah. Yeah, but I, I exactly forget right. how it happened, but it did it definitely happened where you let Detmer's name slip and anyway, I think yeah. the listener could put that together. Unless I just spoiled all this and that it can be cut out of this part. No, no. Leland doesn't me. cut things you, out. You guys you guys like Dance around it, dance on top of it, sat on its lap. You know, <laughs> Same like, as Chucky, right? it up right? in its own chair. Yeah, he's just... We sat on Chucky's lap. <laughs> I think the listeners are fully aware that you guys share this this person in common. <laughs> I kind of thought the Arcanist might have been Sardo. Like, Sardo the magician. So. Yeah. So I think at this point, one of the interesting things is we're all still actually together. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think about going through the first six episodes, you know, why are these pe- people still hanging with each other? Well, because we have a podcast. I, I think it's, I think it's believable. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that, that, okay. Well, there's no point in talking about that anymore. We have t-shirts <laughs> now too. Like we can't just. The I don't whole... know why I didn't see that, Bill. I, you're, you're... <laughs> Sorry, I just ruined what that like, what else intellectual are we doing conversation that I'm not you were starting. <laughs> I think Bryn's interest has peaked about Detmer and you being like a bounty hunter for him and your connections and Drew Call. And I think Falzerin is like so obsessed with magical items that the second uh, Chucky promised them a cave with more such items, he was like, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. So, I mean, and I, I was kind of there for the treasure as well. So, I mean. We have not explored anything about why Falzerin is where he is. And, and no, you know, not so. at all. No, but we don't care. Um, so <laughs> we just pick this guy up, right? Who's just standing around in the alley. He's worthless. He's like the puppy that we can't send away. No. We're just letting him follow us. Pat him on the back every now and then. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Falzer and like his. What's driving him is he wants to know as much as he can about magic in general, and he's kind of he spent quite a few years in Heracleon and kind of feels like he's exhausted as much as he's going to learn there. Things are, you know, a bit stagnant. They're, um, you know, caught in their traditions. They're not interested in anything new and exciting and new breakthroughs or whatever. And so, you know, he wants to chase out, chase down these rumors of maybe some new magic, you know, that's cropping up here and there across the land. And also there's rumors. Well, I mean, there are these magical towers or, or what it, we don't oh, know right. what, what's going on with them yet, but something maybe magical, um, these blue towers that you can see at night and then rumors, you know, of some sort of some magical stuff going on in Zexa, which turns out to be the, the arcanist. And I'm, I'm not exactly, a, a tough guy who's great at, fen- you know, keeping himself alive. So if I'm able to latch on, you're pretty much worthless right now. Exactly. <laughs> if I'm able to latch on to to a party, and you guys have semi similar goals as me for the time being, then 
Perfect. I think that's that's falls are in. You're just in a group of other people that are driven by money, and you're the only one that's not. Yeah, but I mean, we cut you. Your underpinning drive it happens to be money at the time or currently, but we're kind of still heading towards a path that leads to me finding out more about what what this magical stuff that's going on. So, and Gozer's not really driven by money either. She's she's driven by other things that you guys haven't discovered yet. Right. Hmm. And Shaft is employing her currently because that suits her purposes. Mm-hmm. Everybody's temporary. And uh, <laughs> Shaft, Shaft uses people for uh, the moment. And Shaft had uh, has reasons that he needed to accomplish whatever his goal was. And then if another goal presents itself and it seems to make sense that's what shaft will do um but i think with any uh, movie or story that you read you always get those those rogue people those uh, shyster guys and then they turn into you know the the brother or whatever right over time yeah, uh, yeah. even though they're not necessarily they're in it for themselves but over time they uh, have that that sense that they will do the right thing I think with our group, like that time's going to be a long time. <laughs> yeah, well, we like 17 episodes uh, recorded now, and uh, we haven't got there yet. <laughs> well, yeah. so that that was one thing I was going to comment on. Like, so these first six episodes, those are like our first two times that we played, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's got to be pretty evident yeah. listening that we're, uh, we're cutting these up into like our. Yeah. Our, our, bits, our right. play sessions are long and, and, you know, lend themselves to making multiple episodes. Right. So I and I was actually surprised at just how much like story actually happened in like those first six episodes. Like I was mm-hmm. surprised. And I feel like, though, even at the point, like, again, like. Those last three batch of three was recorded like what we beginning of February, like forever ago. Yeah. And and I'm trying. I'm like thinking of where you guys are currently in our of what we have recorded, and like all this stuff we're saying, like, well, it's gonna happen in the future. Like it hasn't happened yet. So I, like, yeah. I could give I could <laughs> give you a I'm good saying. indication that we can remember. I'm one goddamn point away from leveling. I'll say that. <laughs> oh <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> So you and me when both, we start buddy. our next recording episode, I'm starting with Somehow I'm one I'm 51 fucking behind. point away yeah. Yeah. from next <laughs> level. I don't know what the number Those is, but like it's, it's like yeah, a, a thousand and something, 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 and, and nine. And, and, and I, I, need I told Bill we, we're going to kill a rat at the beginning of the next episode in level yeah. one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jointly. Bill's answer was like, funny but also honest like we're together because we have a podcast i think we did create these characters that aren't super friendly they're not a great fit for each no. other no no they're circumstances not. have kind of and i we probably have leland to thank for that in part but circumstances have kind of brought them together and kept them together right like the story has been woven and we are um, all just kind always... of like okay yeah i'll go too but would our character say that? I don't know. For I think for Falzerin, yes. He, I mean, every next step that we've gone on has led to me getting closer to finding out more about, 
you know, what's this magical stuff that's happening? Bryn's definitely a fan of Gozer. She likes Gozer. Yeah, Gozer you guys are like becoming Fred. tight. Yeah. I think but it's like, interesting. They wouldn't call each other friends. When you get to, uh, when you have a group of characters and somebody's hanging off the side of the cliff and you have to wonder if the guy's going to reach down and ask for his hand to help him. I mean, that's that's what makes it exciting, yeah, right? That's true, Because if it's not in my best benefit or I think I might get pulled over, I might just watch you drop. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I don't know if, if Gozer or Bryn and maybe even Shaft would would grab Falzern and pull him back up. That's a good point. Exactly. So that, that adds tension. Um, oh, maybe if you... You got a sack of magical items slung over your back. I might have. Well, at the rate that you keep breaking them on me, I don't know how many I'll have to offer. Right. Just always carry something valuable on you, Falzer. Yeah. Well, to to my to my overall point, I'll just finish the point that I was making with with our progress and the way we record and kind of the weird like almost sta- i mean it, it feels really staggered to me just putting the episodes together i i hope it sounds better than it i think it does i don't know but like i as far as story pro- progression like i have i have i know that i've put in quite a bit of stuff but that's only like crumbs right so if any of your characters die all that shit that i want to pay off like is kind of gone unless i like <laughs> shoehorn it into your new character that's where when you roll your attack rolls leland <laughs> you have to make sure that they're like all eights <laughs> no if 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 i kill you you're dead i'm good i'm good dying <laughs> shaft has as uh, two brothers and a sister and we'll get into that later um, but ready to take ready to All take right. his uh, uh, place. We'll save that, that for later. Multiple so chaos. I'm just wondering, do you guys think I should pick up some of these plot points? Like, should I accelerate some things? Is it? Are you wanting to kill us? Is that what no, you're no, getting no. at? He's, he's saying, does does he take more of a you know throw us on Less some of a risk. railroad tracks yeah. and push us along in the direction that he has? planned this story i think that's what you're saying right here's a here's a way i feel about it we're all having fun playing a game and people are listening in that's great if if you're enjoying it keep listening if you're not whatever um i think though on the flip side if you feel like it is yeah okay keep listening like and subscribe i think if you feel like it is dragging then shoehorn stuff in yeah go ahead great i won't hold it against you if you want to throw us on some railroad tracks for a short uh, while and be like hey by the way stop you know doing investigation checks on a rock on the side of the road (laughs) the rock is nothing it's not magical it's a freaking rock um i do feel like leland without spoiling anything in like our most recent play sessions you've put us in some situations that you would have no idea where we end up choosing to be like we all get into a certain situation On four wheels, okay? Yeah, you, you guys... like, And you did not see that coming. Literally just when I think I <laughs> predicted what you will do. We go the other do way. do the opposite. Exactly. So I like, but like, okay, and so then you can apply like, well, I, I, I know they'll do this, so but they'll actually do this, so I'm going to think they do this, but then they'll do this, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> poor Leland. That's what I mean is like, you think you know, but then we have del- like time after time made choices that go the other way. And Gozer has never thrown a wrench into your pr- plans at all. Yeah, that's the funny thing is we have no clue what what Leland's got planned for the episode, and 
he's just sitting back being like, oh my goodness, are you like... You were supposed to go through that door. Like, why are you? <laughs> what are you doing? I know after a few sessions, he's like, I never thought you would get to this point that I had planned. Or like, he'd be like, you already got through what I had planned. And we were all, I was winging it from here on out. Like, it's or just the, been... or the opposite, opposite. Like, I can't believe that took so long to get. Through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so long to catch the Arcanus. I, I think the most fun is when we go off the rails and you have to figure out on the fly how to get us back on track oh because that's where the that's where the most fun happens right that's because you're because you're going exactly you're i think you said in some of the other episodes you didn't expect you know uh to go back to isabella's place you didn't expect you know those kind of things and and some of the best stuff comes out of those moments according to you totally wasn't prepared to have a a list of three names of people that and addresses (laughs) that that shaft requested from isabella (laughs) Maybe John right. and Leland have been practicing flirting. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. But... <laughs> nah, John doesn't have the practice. That's right. That's right, baby. <laughs> John is way out <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Elena, for that Isabella impression. That was That's my Isabella impression. I don't know. Listener, that was me, not Leland. <laughs> yeah. I hope that also for a listener that we're again with the, with the way we're recording and how that gets caught up. Like oftentimes we're gonna have like a whole episode of combat, which we just yeah. had. Like I think session five was like all combat. I hope we're doing a good job of like keeping that combat like interesting. Um, so Falzer, and I'm sorry if I feel like a combat is lagging. I'm gonna have to blow something up on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I think that's a good thing for me to remember going forward because I think even now in our most recent session, so let's say for the next whatever ten episodes, I'm just like, okay, I take another shot at him. Like that's not, it's not creative. Shaft's like always going through legs and weaving out of people, in and out of people and stuff. But well, when when you're shooting a bow, there's not really much you can. do. I know, but I I could word it more interestingly. You you you. The problem is you want to say things like I want to shoot him in the throat. I know but, that's what I fell into. Yeah, that's not necessarily what's going to happen. You can yeah. say I'm going to aim at his throat, and then when the die roll, you know, if he if he hits a yeah. twenty, then Leland's going to maybe. I'm just going to start aiming at body parts, and when I say shaft, I might not mean you. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, it's just, just, I'm not I gonna... love watching John's wheels spin trying to. Think. Oh, okay. It's like I such an awkward pause. Yeah. <laughs> He rolled his eyes. He's looking up at the ceiling like, what am I going to say? John's malfunctioning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I think I can probably do less of when, when, um, you know, I get a critical hit and I have to roll 4d6. I probably don't need to say, okay, the first one's four. Yeah. Uh, Okay, five. Uh, Okay, one. (laughs) I can probably Somebody add it up for me, please. I can't add. That might speed things along. <laughs> I don't think that's unique to us. I think that happens in about every team. Yeah. Session. Well, it's like when you get put on the spot, all of a sudden you can't add. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, I don't need to be put on the spot for that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the, I don't know, obviously I'm biased, but I think we've done a, a pretty good job of making the combat interesting. I try and get creative with my spells. Um I'm thinking of Ray a couple of Frost, like, magic missile, Ray of Frost, magic occasion. missile, Ray of okay. Frost, magic missile. <laughs> the mage no, hand. Just, that was creative. Okay, okay. Smacking the flesh golem in the back of the head. That was quite a few episodes ago. That might but... be the last time you used it. 
<laughs> I wanted to use Mage Hand in Sardo's magic shop to knock something off of a shelf behind him and have him turn around so I could pocket something, but oh, that's right. Leland, the editing, the sound effects, those help a lot. I'm like feeling yeah. pretty tense. Absolutely, yeah, you did a great job, Leland. Oh, yeah, absolutely, good, good, good. good. Hey, that's all tabletop audio. That's Leland told it. me today I've got my own soundtrack called Rogi. Yeah, you pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> that's like your theme music, pretty much. When Bryn's in You're action, she's around. got her own music. Yeah. Yeah, you need yeah. to go off by yourself more then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you were so scared about being. By I yourself. was nervous. Part of it was like I knew that like in role I couldn't get you guys' advice. Like I needed to make decisions and know what to do, and I. When you were in Again, the cave. Yeah, and it was like my second parts. time playing. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So like, what do I do? Like, do I risk looking? Do I turn around? Do I eat? Like, I, I was actually nervous. Yeah. That's that's almost the problem with D&D is that you can do anything, but then that's that's so overwhelming that there's... Oh, yeah. You, you don't know where to focus. Definitely. I felt very like, you can do whatever you want and like stranded and like, okay, I can't be asking anyone in the party what to do and i've been surprised at you know how tense and nerve-wracking some of the scenes have been for me in the moment like it's not scary but like my heart's racing at certain points i'm listening like, or playing playing oh okay yeah yeah because i'm getting attached to falzer and i don't want him to die like he's he's my guy spoiler alert you're the squishiest I know, I, I know. I do think the music adds a lot, though, in certain situations uh, when Definitely. you're listening back. It does uh, crank up the tension a little bit. I um, had my headphones in, and I thought I was here. Like, I had to take them out and realize it was all just part of the background music and stuff. I like when... Uh, if Is that a good thing? <laughs> yeah, like, in a good way. In a good way. There's like, there's, like, rustling or birds chirping or, like, whatever the little teeny sound effects that are in there. Like, they're good. Yeah, yeah well, that's like that. I... I struggle with getting those volumes correctly too, right? That was good. Effects on your voice whenever you're playing an NPC, if you want to put anything on and not get, you've done that a few times. I like that. Yeah. 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 Isabella's pitch gets slightly altered. I mean, uh, there was one episode that it was really evident because I think I was like already speaking in a higher pitch as I was doing her voice. So I was doing like almost, I was doing like a different voice for her. Um, I think that was session three that her pitch was way higher, even though I used the same effect uh, as I had in the past and the same like- We get it. I you don't want us all to think you you don't have a manly voice. It's, it's hey. this effect. Hey, Leland, Shaft noticed. <laughs> well, and, I mean- and, and he liked it. Braun was all me. I didn't, I didn't affect yeah. Braun's voice at all. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can we all agree that we probably should never go back to Zexa? Yeah. I'm fine going back to Zexa. I, I don't think we're welcome there. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. It's just she gave good... me that iron token that I can chat with her from afar. So we could just Ooh, get right. close to the city and I could have a chat with <laughs> Think how much Isabella. they hate us there. I mean, maybe they don't. I don't know. You guys you guys showed up. Chucky disappeared. So did you. <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> I think someone's going to... Jalela's going to put that together. Yeah. <laughs> Where the hell's uh, my bar boy? That's true. <laughs> Where the hell's my money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we spent quite a bit of Dr. Good's money. Yeah, that's not the last of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she essentially gave you her phone number, Bill. More or less, actually, I mean, actually, a cell phone to call her direct. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, yeah. To be honest, I forgot about that for quite a while while we were playing. I know you have. 
I know you have. Which is good. <laughs> That's what Falzern would do. I haven't forgotten it. Oh, I know. It does and work I, only in a certain distance. You guys have wondering. Have you guys been practicing? I'm just wondering, like, what sort of breadcrumb is that? Hmm. Why did she give me that little token that allows me to... Leland really wants to flirt with you. Like, that's it. Well, apart from that. (laughs) I would love to hear Gozer flirt with somebody. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And be like, hey. Hey. How how you doing? (laughs) How you doing? I don't know. We already painted the Gozer sex scene last after party. I think we had enough. Of oh, Gozer and, okay. and her half-orc boobs. Oh, yes. Dang. <laughs> I forgot <Yeah>. about that. <laughs> well, I, I will say uh, astute students of D&D lore uh, could probably figure out what's going on with Isabella Good. Oh. Very possibly. I just got my player's handbook in the uh, from the postman, and apparently I've got some reading to do. Is it is it in the player's handbook or do I need you to You should just read that anyways. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like the spell section you mean? Yeah, you yeah. just look for the Isabella Good section. It'll clear it all up. Okay. But start at the beginning and work your way through. Yeah, when I find it I'll know. Yeah, I'll know. It's towards the back, but start at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> right, I can't wait till we're like caught up on episodes i don't know i guess we're never gonna yeah. be caught up right we're we never will hopefully be. not or else we'll be all pretty anxious we never but we're will like be, but we're it... like way ahead right now we're never we're not gonna be ahead as ahead as we are i think it'll right? only take summer yeah. to get like that yeah. right because summer people just are busy we are way ahead but it's fun to listen back and like reflect and yeah like, it creates it. more <laughs> of the story for me trying to remember and it i've all. got a terrible memory so i mean <laughs> listening back six or seven times it's usually about how many times I need to remember the pertinent details of what we've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. Do we want to wrap her up? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're about an hour now. Yep. Perfect. Thanks for listening, you guys. I'm talking thanks, to them like listener. they're right here. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Brian. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have we're a shout-out section? Dang. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He didn't pay for that. Yeah, we don't have a Patreon yet. <laughs> Yeah, but he's our loyal listener, so. That's true. Brian seems like a great guy. We have quite a few loyal listeners. Yeah. My mom. We harass them accordingly. Ian. Hi, Ian. Hi, Leland. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. Goodbye. All right. See ya. Bye, listener. Bye. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) You can cut all that out, but I really felt like I needed to say goodbye. And that's our show. Our intro and outro music was created by Josh Jarvis. For your own musical inquiries, contact jamesmercymusic at gmail.com. All other music and ambient noise is courtesy of tabletopaudio.com. The Encouragement Party is sponsored by Critical Hit Design. Visit criticalhitdesign.com for all of your graphic design needs. You can find more info on the characters and world at encouragementparty.com. Enjoying the show? Have any questions or rules corrections? Email us. Contact at EncouragableParty.com or reach out on social media. The Encouragable Party on Facebook and Instagram. At EncouragablePar on Twitter. Using the hashtag AfterPartyIP for a shout out during our behind the screen after party episodes that drop every fourth release.
Happy adventuring. Okay. Count it down. You're tilting it towards you. <laughs> Somebody needs to count. I was. I was. Three, two, one. That was really slow. Oh, boy. No one clapped when it was supposed to be. The problem with Leland counting down silently is that Google Hangouts doesn't switch to his screen. Well, I thought it was on mine when you guys were talking. Also, I said three, two, one, and then it was clap, and usually you do three, two, clap. We just recorded an hour and a half ago where I went three, two, one, clap. <laughs> but in the past, you're right. I have we have clapped on one. We've changed it. <laughs> it does. It, it does flip flop. What am I into? <laughs> flip flops. No kink shaming. I'm 49 years old. I don't need this shit. Clap. <laughs> <laughs>